You are listening to the Pimp Your Brilliance podcast, and this is episode number 62. Welcome to the Pimp Your Brilliance podcast with Monique Malcolm, a show about creative people leveraging their brilliance to create their own opportunities. I aim to show you what's really possible when you shut down the chorus of fear and lean into your genius zone. You can learn more about this show and subscribe for updates by visiting keepchasingthestars.com backslash podcast. Hey, Star Chasers. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Pimp Your Brilliance. I am your host, Monique Malcolm, and the Pimp Your Brilliance podcast is a show for side hustlers and creative entrepreneurs who want to create opportunities and income by leveraging their ideas, their talents, and their skills. And it goes down here every single week on Wednesday where I share inspiring interviews from amazing creative entrepreneurs from various backgrounds. And then I get on the mic myself and I do solo episodes where I share bits and pieces of my own journey, strategies and things that I'm doing currently, just giving you like a behind the scenes insight into what it takes to grow a creative business. And before we go any further, I just want to let you know that this episode is sponsored by The Visionary Journal. The Visionary Journal is a day planner with vision encompassing everything you need to successfully achieve your goals. It seamlessly blends setting goals, a vision board, planning your day-to-day, and monthly review to help you get from idea to done. So to learn more about the Visionary Journal and to order a copy, you can visit visionaryjournal.co. Alrighty, now that we've gotten that out of the way, let's talk about today's episode. Today I have Lori Rochino on the show. She is our guest. And let me tell you a little bit about her. So Lori stumbled upon podcasting two years ago, and she's been hooked ever since. She created the Simply Designed Life podcast, which is for entrepreneurs who want to simplify their busy lives in order to make room for the things that matter. She's also the author of 50 Shades of Simple, How to Prioritize in the Age of Information Overload. So Lori is a podcasting and a productivity coach. And in this episode, she's going to be talking to us about how to be productive as a busy creative and entrepreneur. Because let's be honest, a lot of us are struggling with getting things done, really producing the way that we feel like we should and we can. And you guys ask me all the time for tips about productivity and things of that nature. So I have brought on a productivity specialist to give you some insights and some ideas into how you can really simplify your life and make time for the things that matter most to you like your passion projects or your family or your hobbies or your dogs or whatever it is. Like that's what I want you to have time for. And so that you don't feel so pressed and that you can eliminate the feeling of hustler's guilt because you know what sucks feeling like you should be working even when you're taking a break or you're taking time off. That's no bueno. So I'm hoping that this episode will give you some really solid productivity tips. So that way you can get more things done and feel rested and like you can take a break when it is that time. So if you are ready, grab your pen and your notebook and let's dive in. Hi, Lori. Welcome to the show. Hi, Monique. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited to have you. We're going to be talking about one of my favorite topics today. It's the thing people are always asking about. They want more tips about it. So you are like right on time. This is a super timely episode, so I can't wait to talk about productivity for busy creatives because everyone wants to be a bit more productive. And hopefully by the end of this show, we'll have some solid ways that people can actually take this desire and apply it to their creative lives and their own businesses. 
Okay, so let's start at the top. Tell us a little bit about your background. How did you get started? Like, where did this all, this productivity idea and, and your podcast, like, where did that all originate? Yeah, sure. So like everybody else, or many people, I graduated college, worked a nine to five job in corporate marketing for about a decade. And that was in financial services and startups in both the New York City and the Boston areas. And then uh, my my future husband and I, after a bit of long distance dating, I moved up to Boston, was with him for a while. And then we relocated again to start our family in the Philadelphia suburbs. So um, at the moment, I'm doing freelance work. Um, and I, I've been doing a lot of freelance and marketing writing, but then it came to a point where I was just getting tired and burnt out from the medium. I just didn't feel the sense of connection as I would um, if you and I were like talking in a coffee shop or doing this podcast, for instance, and just talking right now. And so I, I wanted to switch things up a bit. And so that's how I got into podcasting. Uh, the coach that I was working at the time had started her own podcast and it was very low tech and um, it wasn't anything fancy, no NPR quality equipment. It was just really bare bones. And I, I thought to myself, if she can do it, why can't I do it too? So I just really just got a microphone on Amazon and I just, I didn't know if I was going to, this was going to be a thing or not. So I, I just got like the cheapest that I can find. I think it, at the time it was like the blue snowball microphone for like $40, $50 worth. Yes. <laughs> something like that. And um, so I just, I really just started. And um, granted, it, it, I, it was definitely not professional sounding or anything like that right out of the gate. I, I started putting words and I was just like, oh man, I hate the sound of my voice. I think everybody who's a podcaster usually doesn't like the way they sound at first. But then um, after a while, I got more comfortable with the medium. And not only, not only that, but just the immediacy of being able to connect and communicate with someone else. And so I stuck with it. And I, I not only did um, a few solos here and there, but I also did some interviews, interview podcasting like we're doing now. And I, I've since graduated from the Snowball to it. ATR 2100, which is still kind of like a um, like a beginner mic, looking into other options as well, of course, because you always have to up level at some point, looking at other options as well. But um, yeah, then from there um, stemmed um, my my podcast show, Simply Design Life Podcast, in which um, I wanted to basically, I think at the time, this was about two or three years ago, I was reading um, Tim Ferriss's Four Hour Work Week, which is like one of the entrepreneurial Bible, at least for online entrepreneurs. <laughs> That's so <laughs> true. I, I just really wanted to take what he said and just make it accessible for more, you know, regular, normal day-to-day -day people, whether that be busy parents, people working a corporate job with a side hustle, um, people who are full-time parents who want to also be um, doing something on the side, passion project, what have you. But I just wanted it to be this, like, this informational hub of really about a lot of great conversations on how to create a freedom-based lifestyle that works for you, what, that works for whoever whoever's seeking it. And I think at that time, that was like my revolution, kind of like how I want to be the change in some ways, if we're getting all like airy fairy up there. But um, yeah, that's, that's kind of um, where that stemmed from. Oh, I love that. I love that idea of what you said about taking the four hour work week, which you're absolutely right. It is like the online entrepreneur Bible and make it more accessible to people. Because I, I think as much as we've all read that book, a lot of us find some of the content in there and, and really outsourcing things really to be not approachable and not, I would say, not accessible because we don't, like, there's just so much to it. 
and mm-hmm. there there's so much more that you know that book could dive into when it comes to that so i really love that idea of taking that that content and and really saying like okay how can i make this so that the average person can still create this kind of freedom lifestyle and make it in a way that works for them and not just like a one size fits all deal so i love that mm-hmm. Thanks. Yeah. And I just I just want to let audience members know you don't have to be a single male with all the time in your hands and you don't have to be racing motorcycles or anything like that. It could be as simple as like, say, say, for instance, um, your hairdresser in the beauty industry, making a woman feel beautiful and at her best every day. It could be um, about, you know, if you're working corporate and you, you find a need or want to make an impact just starting that nonprofit or just getting ideas to get started and just finding that joy that makes sense. No, that makes total sense. And I, I love that. Again, making things just be approachable and realize like these things can fit a range of different lifestyles and different ways that people make money it doesn't just have to be the one thing, which I think is, is a big problem when it comes to online entrepreneurship is everybody is, is so focused on the few, I like to call them avatars, like the avatars of the really popular people who have made it and are writing these books and are like the gurus, but Mm -hmm. not all of those avatars like fit everybody's lifestyle. Like sometimes that's the best way to explain is like the Tim Ferriss avatar. That does not really appeal to me because I am not a white male. (laughs) 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 I am an African-American woman with a a husband and a son and, you know, a different lifestyle. Mm -hmm. And so there's sometimes it's hard to find the avatars that you're looking for, like a good role models or good models of the thing that you're trying to build. So I think making it approachable so that people can fit these things into their lives the way that they are now is amazing. Mm-hmm. Okay, so let's let's dive into this because productivity is the thing. So tell us, do you have like a specific philosophy that you like to operate under when it comes to productivity? Ooh, that's a good question. Uh, philosophy. Well, I usually like to start with the why. I know this, the why has been said like time and time again verbatim. I think it's so true though, because I think there's both an inner game and an outer game to productivity. And what that means is, um, let's let's put it this way: take it, um, take two circles, two concentric circles. Look at the inner circle and in the outer circle. In that inner circle is your why or your mission or what you want to do next in your life. So that could be anything from wanting wanting to start a side hustle or wanting more more time in a in a busy day to spend spend with your kids if you're um, working a full time job, and so from there you you would you bring it to a mission and so that's where you need to start, and then from there is the outer circle the external and how do you communicate this um, with the people that you're meant to to work with or serve back to that nonprofit plan if um, your mission is to um, help you know bring water to certain countries that's your mission and then how would you um, communicate that so the external part of it would be like okay well maybe I'll use social media maybe I'll um, go on YouTube and maybe I'll start a Patreon campaign so that would be the part that's um, how you connect with the audience so that's that's the first part is understanding your your why your mission and your belief system and what the core and the heart of what you're doing and then the external part is like who you're communicating to and even the medium from which you communicate whether it be video blog posts or it could be um traditional media Uh, maybe maybe you want to get on television and reach an even greater audience or or what have you but those are the two things that you want to start with is the inner and the outer game so to speak 
The next part is kind of a perspective play on things where you really want to um, see things from, I would say, like three three different levels. You got the visionary level, you got the strategy level, and then you got the ground tactics. So I would say the visionary level is at 30,000 foot view from an airplane. So you want to imagine yourself on that airplane looking out through the window. You got the window seat. <laughs> no problem there. And you're looking at the clouds below you. And then you're also uh, about getting ready to land. But you notice all the like the green squares and the patches, the farmlands, and then if you're around a city, the tall buildings. You want to take your mission and see it from that perspective. See like you know who are the people that you're going to help. So that huge visionary worldview, the, the feelings that you feel when you help, the impact that you want to make. So that would be like the first perspective. Second perspective would be the strategy perspective, the the top of the building. So that would be something like the the eighty foot story view from like the top of a tall building like um let's say within within the next three years what do i want to achieve what do i want to have happen to get to that big vision of impact so maybe in three years if you want to start like that nonprofit, you want it up and running if you want to be able to have more time with your kids by within three years you'll have a regular work schedule that will allow you to work from home like once or twice a week and so you, you need to have like those goals from that. And you also have like the other kind of strategy, well, other larger strategies, especially if you decide to make a career change, such as um, say you want to make a career switch, you've been working in like finance or something and want to go um, into the, the helping profession, like healthcare, whatever. Um, maybe that requires like three years of training. So maybe that would be part of the strategic goals that you would have. So that would be the 80 story foot view from a build, top of a building. And then the last level perspective would be the tactic level. So this is the ground to ground, day in, day out, day out, rubber hits the road. You're pedestrian, you're on foot, um, you're in the trenches. And these would be the task and what, what I would like to call the, the checkoffable <laughs> type of list of things. So if you're um, doing a career change, for instance, with that particular example, maybe your first step, I, I want to change careers, I want to go into the helping profession, what can I do next? Well, maybe I could take my lunch break to do some research on X profession or, or whatever it is you, you're interested in. So, so um, yeah, so in sum, really the, the perspectives would, well, would come from both the inner and outer game and also the three level of perspectives that I brought up, the visionary level, strategic level, and the tactic level. And I think when you have all those, productivity can work a lot easier because you're able to look at both the big picture and the day in and day out. And then nine times out of 10, let's face it, we're so overwhelmed with the 24 seven digital distractions. But when, when you're aware of like some of the levels, some of the different layers that come about, I think it's easier to let the overwhelm go because then you know what's important. Oh, I think all of that that you just said was just so key, specifically the, the three perspectives, the levels. Because a lot of times, uh, I think so many people stay focused in just the ground view. Mm -hmm. They don't ever really zoom themselves out to think about the other, the bigger picture things. They're just like, I just need, like you said, everybody's overwhelmed. Mm -hmm. So we're just stuck in this like day-to-day -day grind and not really zooming out to think about are the things we do, I'm doing today really helping move the vision forward? Am I getting closer? It's just right here, right now, let's put out the fire. Yeah, exactly. And that can be a dangerous thing if you just keep putting out the fires and don't take a step out and um, work on your business or work on your life or whatever it is you need to work on, because then you're going to be putting out fires for that something that might not even matter.
Mm. Yes, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so I want to know because you're you're. Tell me your official title. I know you are a podcast. Are you a podcast host and a productivity coach? Yes. Can I see that right? Yeah, I'm a podcast. Um, I do some podcasting coaching as well, but I'm a podcast and productivity coach. Productivity coaching actually was an um, outgrowth of a declutter coaching that was I was doing in the past. I was doing more like professional organizing and help help people like get rid of the the clutter, um, both the physical and even some of the digital stuff that was like in front of them to make space for the things that matter. But then I, I noticed that then there was that void. And I think people needed more help with the time management and just um, finding out that clarity and finding out what it is that are the next best steps. So that's tied into the work that I do now. Okay, awesome. So then I feel like this question applies. For you being a productivity coach, what are some common productivity mistakes that you find yourself talking to your clients about often or trying to help them correct? Good question. I think um, a lot of the mistakes is, um, well, first of all, just being overwhelmed, period, but not knowing where that overwhelm is coming from in the first place. Because um, a lot of times it's the physical stuff, but a lot of times it's also the the mental stuff, so to speak, um, that happens. And I'm not a certified therapist or anything like that, but that, that might require some, some extra work, which is not really my realm, realm of focus. But, um, when, when there's that awareness of where it's coming from, then it becomes easier to, um, kind of clear the web, so to speak on, um, the physical clutter that's around the house, the digital clutter. And then there's this, um, idea of, well, maybe I could stop being reactive once there's that realization that is, if that makes sense. So I think first, I guess to, um, to answer your question and um, feel free to bring me back if I ramble on, um, it, it's just, just the awareness and not knowing um, what to ask. I think just like coming to help from further in the first place is the first step. But then from there, there's like all these other interwebs that um, you need to uncover. And a lot of it does stem from like past experiences. I'm growing up in homes where um, there, there might have been a lot of clutter growing up. It's just the way things were done, just like the way like people thought of things and the mindset. And I, I think the two are intricately connected, the whole mindset and then your space and, and, and that sort of thing. So and then from then, um, once there's that realization that, OK, well, now I know where this is coming from, I, I guess I could take the, a few steps. I don't. I don't know where to start. The next step is just really just um, going through the work and not um, delaying things. So when I when I take my clients through a process, I, I try to um, make sure that they they do some tasks that are doable, but also a stretch. Because you, let's face it, you know you don't you don't get to where you are all in a vacuum. Especially it took you a while to get there. So there are some things that you need to clear out first, but there are some things that you could also do to um, clear clear the space. So say for instance, um, someone's like, I, I don't know why I can't start my nonprofit. It shouldn't it shouldn't be rocket science or anything like that. And and you go to, the, to home and there's like just all this junk all over the place. It's like, well, I don't know if that you're gonna have the space for it because this is, I, you're just you're doing other things. You know what I mean? So um, one of the things that I, that I do is just help them get a space, whether it's a corner in the room, dining room table. Corners are great because there people people use it as a catch-all, but you could just like tell them to just get rid of that stuff, and then the, and then you can um, clear it so that like it becomes a dedicated focus area, and not a hot spot, which is like what many areas of the house might seem like. And then so that that becomes the dedicated space, and and then um, what we'll do is we'll we'll add in a little bit of like a, a a flexibility and time so that they're dedicating either 30 minutes or an hour a day to just work on that one project and stay in that space. And it becomes this intentional um, 
way for the person to move forward, the client to move forward and be able to achieve um, some kind of traction in um, the vision that they had set for themselves. Okay, I want to bring you back to something that I've heard you say multiple times, which is the digital clutter. <laughs> I, I always refer to it as we all have this, but especially online creatives, we all have this folder where we put opt-ins and free eBooks and things like resources that we've collected over the years on our, you know, from all these things that we signed up for. And I call it the digital dungeon. And everybody <laughs> has like this digital dungeon with all this information locked in it. Um, but I think it's so interesting how you keep highlighting like this is a thing, a source of overwhelm for people. And as you're saying it, I just, I realize, and I'm pretty good at organizing my on um, my digital spaces, mm-hmm. but I can totally see how having this digital clutter could be so overwhelming. Because right now I have several videos that I saved to my computer screen because I was working with them and I didn't want to put them in a folder until I got everything situated. But mm-hmm. every time I look at it, I'm just like, oh, I got to hide that side of the screen because it's visual clutter. <laughs> and it's, <laughs> in, it's like in my face. And I'm like, that stuff is not supposed to be there, but I don't want to move it until I'm finished. So talk to us about this digital clutter that your clients are amassing. And we're all amassing, actually. Everyone is with photos and just all of this stuff. But let's talk about that. <laughs> with um clients with a physical space, if there's something that if there are items that that person hasn't like used in like two or three years, what I what, what I tend to do is like have them put those things in a box. So for the digital side of things, say for those videos that um you don't want to toss out necessarily, but maybe you might need it sometime. Like you know that those skinny jeans, for instance, that you you swore you were gonna lose weight to fit into. Um, <laughs> one of the one of the things you could do is create a folder, and you could put video, but put a sell by date on that digital folder. So, okay, six months from now, if I'm not still looking at this, it's gonna go in the delete file and then have someone hold you accountable for that. Whether that be a friend um, or if you're part of the business mastermind group, your mastermind group, um, they'll tell you to get rid of it and watch you do it. So that's one of the things you could do is just create a temporary folder because truth be known, nine times out of 10, you're probably not even going to look at it anyway. It was just something that you felt that you wanted to hold on to because you feel like you need it. But on the other hand, you know, if you don't let go of it, you know, you're still going to have that like kind of a stuck energy. And it's kind of ironic because once you do let go of it, you'll start to like have a little bit more space and more creativity to make something even better, you know, or, you know, maybe maybe something similar that another idea that you could work on that might be in the, the similar realm. Oh, I never even thought about, I, I have temporary folders, and but I never thought about putting a sell-by date on it. And now <laughs> that you said that, like, my mind immediately went to this folder that I have on my computer that I'm like, oh, you should totally put a sell-by date on that folder. Because <laughs> it's just, who even knows what's in there at that point? But you're right. We we hoard these, these things digitally because I think it's because it's not taking up physical space. Because obviously, if this was something that was in the room, you would be looking at it and being like, "Why do I even have that? I didn't. I don't need it." But because it's not a conscious thing, it's not in your actual space. We just kind of put these things aside. But you're right because uh, this one folder I'm thinking about. I was in it a few weeks ago, and I was like, "What is this? Like, what is even in here? <laughs> I don't even know." But I didn't want to delete it because I didn't have time to go through it at that moment. But just mm-hmm. the stuff that I saw at glance, I was like, "What is this? 
don't even, I don't know what this is. <laughs> yeah, I think as creative entrepreneurs, a lot of us just have a lot of ideas. We're so creative. We're so passionate about what we do. So every idea is just like, ooh, I got to get this. It's like a shiny object. But we don't realize is that, you know, shiny objects, you, they come and go. You're going to have to at some point take action on some of them. So um, yeah, definitely want to put sell by dates on the ones you're not going to work on now. And you know what? If those ideas were meant to be worked on, they'll come back and you'll be able to open space for it to happen. But it doesn't necessarily have to take place um, on your hard drive or on your um, your desktop in the um, interim. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have any favorite productivity tools that you like to use? I have many. Um, I have both the, the physical planner, which has the... Um, you know, your typical weekly minders day to day. One of them I use for personal, another one I, I have it and I have a separate one for business. Um, another one is just um, my regular Google Docs. Every now and then if I want to see like the big picture visionary stuff, I'll actually track that on Trello just because that's more of a visual board. So um, those are the key things that I use. Um, lately, though, I had been um, using this. I'm part of this life pilot per- program. So I have my own um, productivity accountability coach as well. I don't know if you're familiar with Natalie Sisson of um, was it the suitcase entrepreneur, but um, I think she, since mm-hmm. since then she's been doing, um, I guess, other activities. Well, she also has this life pilot program and there's like this spreadsheet where it has everything in one hub, like a, a spreadsheet of like your dailies, your three-year goal, your weeklies, that sort of thing. But the whole point of that program that I've, I've been following myself is to focus on three at a time. And it doesn't have to be three forever. I think um, as entrepreneurs, a lot of us get like, oh my God, no, three's not enough. I have to do everything. I have to get my team to do everything. But no, that's, at the time slot that you're allotted, break it down to three at a time or even one at a time. And that's actually helped a lot. It, it, it does help um, act as a, a GPS because sometimes um, we do have like systems within systems. And so like going back to like a hub or some somewhere to just like stay focused usually helps. So when I have like everything kind of spelled out like daily, weekly, and even like the three-year vision. I mean, they're all like jotted down in, in words and stuff like that. And I, I don't look at it all the time, but from from time to time when I, I get a little overwhelmed with my daily, I'm just like, is this in alignment with what was envisioned? Then, you know, it's, it's nice to toggle between the and I'm getting a little nerdy here between the sheets and the spreadsheets, but it's, it's, it's been really helpful in staying focused and productive. Okay. I'm off. I'm totally adding that to the show notes because that sounds really awesome. I'm a person, even though I'm a paper planner, I always call myself a paper planner who lives in the digital world. I love a good <laughs> spreadsheet. I love like fiddling with tools. So yeah. that's one of the reasons why I have to like be really conscious about taking on too many digital tools because mm-hmm. I will tweak and tweak and Ugh, just it's it gets really bad. I'm like I've wasted an entire day organizing this board of sorts, and it can be really crazy. But I I want to know more about this life pilot program because that sounds like something I can tweak. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it's great because like um like many planners and um, eager beavers and stuff like that. I think it was like the end of last year or whatever. I found myself exactly in that dilemma I had like all my organizers and the ones that I had mentioned the digital tools the paper tools and at some point I was just like all right <laughs> something else needs to happen here so I just did a quick google search and then um Natalie Sisson's product came up so yeah um, I, I went onto the life pilot checked it out and I was like oh okay this might actually work and she forced and what, what they do is I think it, the simplicity of it is that they force you to focus on three at a time 
which is hard. And that's that's become kind of like almost like a real challenge practice. Like, you know, you're going to the gym, you're, you're going to do 10 reps. Like for me, it's like, I'm going to only focus on three things and not look at anything else. It's like, oh my God. <laughs> oh. Yeah. So wait, is this three three tasks or like three projects or just like three? Well, um, tasks? three three tasks a day that you focus on at a like at a time. So you have like your MITs or most important tasks. Um, and I, I think this was also even in Tim Ferriss's book, The Four Hour Work Week. Well, you get your most important task done before eleven a.m. or wh- whatever you can at that moment. Just focus on those top three. So whatever um whatever you do throughout the day um. It, as long as you focus on those three, you can say that you made traction and that's like a win. So that, that's the whole point is to just have those as opposed to the 10 things on your list where it's it's going to be harder to juggle that chunk of 10. But then if you just break it down to three and more so if you if you make it like maybe not three business tasks, but if you diversify it so that um, it it has like a health task, a work task and then maybe a personal task or something in a different life category. Um, even better so like like mine for instance um would be to like maybe um go to a gym and get a workout in so that would be like one of one of the tasks another task would be to um follow up with um, a client or prospect and do it within like a whatever slot i had mentioned um on my planner and then the third one would be like okay how about a let's schedule um date date night or something like that we'll get a babysitter so something like that um would would definitely help and um, having, well, I guess in my, my end, it would be like the successful life. Of course, we can go to town on like, well, how do we even plan that out? There's so many things going on. We have to fit. Now you're bringing in categories. I just want to be able to get what's in front of me. And I get that. Every, you know, every, everybody's at it. And um, But the thing is, you, just, you have to start where you're at. And if there's a lot of stuff, then maybe that's probably going to tell you that, you know, there's stuff to, um, I guess, unclutter or um, stuff that deserves your attention before you can move on to the next area of life that you want to work on. Well, by that logic, I've already knocked out two of the three things today. I've been to the gym and I'm recording this podcast. So I just need to do one more thing. And my, my day is done. Like <laughs> I, I won the day. <laughs> you won the day or at least like the most important things. And then when you're done with that, it's, it's your choice whether you choose to do the next set set of three or next one or whatever is on your list but the, the whole point is to like at least get those eager beaver wins first you know as you know throughout the day there's gonna be a lot of um, things to react to so I think the whole point is for those three tasks to just keep you grounded and focused and centered so that at least those are knocked out of the park and then you can either react to like the fires that you're you're gonna just have to put out as is what happens in life or you might be lucky and you don't have fires that day and you can move on to the next um, three most important things or, or um, whatever other tasks that you want to do. Okay. I want to know, because we're talking about productivity for busy creatives, what are some ways that creative entrepreneurs can simplify their lives and make room for the things that really matter? Obviously the, the three things that you just mentioned from the life pilot, but are there other ways that we can just eliminate some of these feelings of overwhelm and just really simplify? Um, absolutely. I think, first of all, um, I don't know if you've ever seen that movie Gone with the Wind, but um, not to go off on a, too much of a tangent, but I remember this one scene where there was an hourglass and the sands were moving down. And then there was like this quote, like on a brick that said, um, do not squander time. Those are the things 
as that's what life is made of or that's what the stuff is made of. And if I misquote it, I'm really sorry. Um, but anyway, ever, ever since I thought about that, I, I thought about like the whole morning routine and giving giving yourself the first hour of the day. So um, for your audience members out there, I'm not sure if you've ever heard of um, Julie Cameron's morning pages, but every morning, one of the practices is to write down for two minutes, just everything that's going on your brain. So if you have your iPhone, just put two minutes and just write like everything that comes to mind and just do a total brain dump. Like, um, okay, I gotta, I gotta go get the car serviced or, oh, I gotta, um, gotta prepare for a speech or I gotta, whatever, whatever it is. And just everything, um, take the dog to the vet. And then, um, after two minutes are done and then, um, you can, um, be able to take a look and see, okay, well, maybe I don't need to do this, this or that. This is more important. It's easier to clarify stuff on your brain sometimes when it's like on paper. And if you don't like to write, then, you know, you could also record, you could video yourself and you don't have to show this to anybody. So, you know, if you're in your car or if you're like in a quiet place, you could definitely um, do that and just hit playback if that's easier. And um, that's that's one of the ways is just to gain this awareness, because sometimes we're so reactive in the day to day that it's um, hard to just take a step and just, you know, find out what what is it that I'm thinking of. One of the things that we could do is, yeah, definitely um, this is part of like the, what I call them the AM routine or morning routine or a, a bit of a powwow is to get in touch with yourself. So whether that be journaling, meditating, um, uh, if you're faith based, you could do a prayer, but just give yourself like five, 10 or 15 minutes a day. Because, again, like those sands of time, you most of the time and especially as women, we give our time to pretty much everyone else but ourselves more times than not so self-care is very important so um to be less overwhelmed give yourself the first few minutes of the day if you if, if at all possible um i mean obviously if if the mornings don't work then maybe pick like another time in the day where you definitely have time like a lunch break um or sometime at night when the, high, the house is quiet and just give yourself that time to yourself you know you don't want to be like a car running on empty you need to fill out fill the gas tank rooms so to speak. So um, giving yourself that time will allow you to um, give from a well that's filled as opposed to a well that's empty. So if that would be the first hack. Another hack would be to um, work in, I don't know if um, uh, if your audience would be familiar with a Pomodoro um, Pomodoro method. method. They are because yep. I talk about it okay. all the time because I love it. <laughs> okay. I don't have to mention it, but um, if, if you have a problem, I'm scheduling this in. Um, you know, first step is just definitely. Um, so basically, uh, yeah, the time management hack where you work in sprints, make it make it part of the Pomodoro. It doesn't have to be productivity, but make, take that um, self care aspect and Pomodoro that in, or or even schedule it in your calendar so it, it actually gets done. And it's gonna be feel weird doing that at first. Like I I know like. I myself and even some of my clients, they're just like, oh, I don't want to do this. <laughs> but but then you'll find that like once you do get like something of yourself, it, it you're in a better state of mind. You're less overwhelmed because then you have some clarity. It's not perfect clarity all the time, but you know, there, there's a bit of a groundedness when you have a little bit of a powwow in in the morning or um, whatever time of the day that you set for yourself. So the next step really is to um, schedule it out. So, and you could use the Pomodoro at first, you know, to get that done. And, and, and that'll definitely help to get the ball rolling in self-care. I love that. I never even considered that, but that makes perfect sense, especially for moms who are really busy, like saying, okay, I'm going to give myself 25 minutes to sit here and drink this cup of coffee and meditate. That's really doable and approachable, finding 25 minutes 
So I think that that's an awesome um, hack. It's just like, okay, how many, how many Pomodoros of self-care can I get in today? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. I love that. Okay, so this is kind of productivity related, but how do you protect, protect your energy? Because I think energy management kind of goes into this idea of productivity and especially as busy creatives and overwhelmed creatives and just in general, do you have anything particular that you do to kind of manage your energy and, and protect that throughout the day? Uh, I definitely do. Um, when one of the things that I, I do to protect my energy is to, first of all, I had to find out an awareness of when I did my better work. And I found that I, I have more energy before before lunchtime and then by like um 12 onward i might tend to crash so i'll 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 do like the the highly critical tasks like before before i have my lunch break and that lunch break will be kind of a reward for getting those done and so like that which requires more focus or more like um brain power so to speak gets done then and then anything admin related um uh that doesn't really require that much brain power. I'll pretty much uh, del- um, set for the um, the afternoon after lunch time, and um, th- that's usually how I manage it. Another thing I do too is um, I do have a couple of health issues. So one one of the things that has helped me a lot is just like go to the gym every day or like do some kind of exercise, move my body. Um, and I think um, exercise is definitely. Um, a really great productivity hack. And while I am not a personal trainer or um, any expert in that field, um, in the traditional sense, I have found that, um, I, you know, you having fitness and exercise as, um, part of my daily, like non-negotiables has, has helped me. Um, it, it puts me in a better mood. It allows me to, um, do better work and it allows me to get through the, the, the day-to-day, um, time and, and energy management. And challenges. So like, um, you know, even if I have a bad day or something like that, I'll kind of force myself to either go for go go for a workout, um, walk the dog. I have a dog, too, just like yourself. And I'm sure like, you know, he, he has to be um, walked several times, too. So knowing where my energy patterns are and adding ex- exercise to the element helps. And um, if, if, um, if your audience members aren't really sure where where their energy where they have peaks of energy and where they have um, low, lower um, peaks of energy. Uh, best thing to do is just to track your energy throughout the day. Like, how are you feeling? Like in the morning, are you feeling energized or feeling eh, meh, whatnot? Um, do it for about a week. And then at the end of the week, um, so take a look at the patterns and um, um, see like where you're more energetic, because that'll be an indicator of when you should probably do your um, mission critical task or just anything that requires a lot of mental bandwidth and um, brain power. Okay, those are really good tips. Okay, so I, I want to ask this really quickly because I, mm-hmm. I always like to make sure we balance this inspiring, you know, it's exciting to be an entrepreneur with the reality of what it is to be a creative entrepreneur. So talk mm-hmm. to me about some of your current challenges. My current challenges is, you know, entrepreneurship. I don't know if you, okay, I don't know if you've ever like lived in a big city or whatever, but I remember when I was living in New York City, um, you know, I just, I think I just graduated out of college and it was really exciting and everything. I had all this energy. Um, I was discovering new places and stuff like that. Um, and I, I was always meeting new people, but one, one things that was like really hard was, um, 
I guess establishing like longer term relationships with people because people always like came and go. Uh, people were either in school or um, came from a different country and they were on a temporary work visa or whatever. I feel like entrepreneurship is kind of like that, like Manhattan Times Square hub where you're going to have people that's a lot of people stay, a lot of people go. And I think one of the biggest challenges was like, um, I guess finding like connection, but like connection that like more of a long-term thing is finding finding a group of people. So that so one of the ways that I, I was able to combat that was to um, seek out business strategy groups and masterminds. And um, I lucked out, actually. I was able to find a group of people that'll help you stay the course because um, it's it's an entrepreneurship. It's very easy to give up, especially when things don't work out. And I don't know, I'm pretty sure every entrepreneur or entrepreneur has heard um, the Jim Rohn quote, you are the average of the five people that you most spend your time with. And I realized that when, if I wanted to stay the course, I had to be around other entrepreneurs. But I also had to like find entrepreneurs that were kind of um, in it for the long term, because I, I have seen a lot of people come and go and just, you know, decide, hey, this isn't for me. I think I'm just I'd rather just get a regular job. And that's, that's absolutely fine. There are people that love their jobs. There are people that do a great, great amount of work and can do this on the side. And that's that's awesome. And, you know, and there's, a, you know, people who, you know, just opt out completely and just want to do other things as well, um, whether they're retirees, uh, people that um, have re- retired for their jobs or who want to parent full time or take care of a take care of a parent even um, full time. So like everybody has, um, I think you just have to know what stage in your life that you're at. And from there, I think it's easier to find the support that you need, because then you'll find other people that are in similar stages, if if that makes sense. I don't know. Oh, that makes that makes perfect sense. Okay. okay. <laughs> All right. So wrapping this up, at the, my favorite thing is to end our Pimp Your Brilliance Action Challenge. And for you, Lori, I would love if you could share three things or three tips, three ways that you can instantly improve your productivity. Um, okay. First thing is I would just, um, if you have a messy desk, clear your desk or wherever workspace you work on. And um, I think just being able to have a clear desk will um, help get your mind to be clear as well. Cause I don't know if you've heard the saying, but messy desk, messy mind. So clear desk, clear mind. <laughs> um, so clear, find a space to clear and see if you can keep it, keep it clear for like a day or two. It doesn't have to be super perfect, but maybe just like the, at least the first day or two. And then um, see what that does in terms of um, giving you more energy or creative space, because um, you're not, you're not distracted by these visual cues. It, when, when it's clear, it's, it's going to be easier to um, focus on what you have here. So that would be the first tip. Um, second tip, I know I already mentioned this, but um, can't be emphasized enough. Give yourself 10, 15 minutes a day just for you and fill that well with an activity that's going to um, help you give from a place of feeling nourished or feeling, um, feeling like um, you have something to give. So whether that be uh, 15 minutes of, and you could do, the activity doesn't matter, but just start start a habit um, where you can just ground yourself with a powwow activity like journaling, meditating, um, maybe even like learning from a course and personal development just for 15 minutes a day and have that be part of your regular practice. Um, third thing is, uh, I guess I haven't mentioned this, um, but uh, just, I would also, if, if you're also journaling, um, think of like one thing to be grateful for every day. I think sometimes um, we're moving at such a fast pace that it's it's tough to smell the roses. So if you can like find something to be grateful for and why, um, I think that'll just help 
you be in a better position to like realize that you already have abundance. You already have like something good going on for you. Um, and if, and sometimes we don't take note of that. We just take note of like the stuff that's negative or stuff that we need to do better at. But um, every now and then, just like see what you have that you know that's really going for you. And even like maybe even in some ways, maybe you could even celebrate some of the, your wins because um, I think sometimes we we forget that you know, yes, I had this goal. I didn't reach it exactly, but there were these steps that I actually took. Um, I actually um, walked myself to the gym and I actually like, even though I didn't do as hard as a workout as I wanted to, I showed up. So you can make that as a celebration. So take note of that. Or if you have a, if it, if have a dog that's like really excited to see you every day, be, be grateful for that smile on your dog's face or any pet for that matter. If you have cats, if you're a cat person, you know, appreciate your cat or like the people in your lives and, and so on and so forth. So those are the three things. And long-winded answer is uh, declutter your space or, or your desk or like a small space um, where you can see an immediate win and nothing on it so that you can be pr- a little bit more productive have a powwow or like um or just some grounding routine in the morning preferably if not sometime in the week and schedule that in and the third one is um include gratitude in the practice and i think that should set you up for success <laughs> Awesome. And then uh, I love to ask, what what books are you currently reading or that you've read recently that were really great that we should check out? Oh, gosh, um, that's a good question. Oldies but goodies. But I actually came across this book, um, Awaken the Giant Within You by um, Anthony Robbins. It was I think I bought it at the co-working space that I'm, uh, I, I do work at. And um, I was originally going to give it to one of my mastermind friends, but I ended up reading it myself. So I started um, re- going through um, some of the, the, the teachings that you had on like mindset and stuff like that. So that's that's been really helpful in the um, personal development realm. Sometimes every now and then I'll, I'll read Napoleon Hill's um, Think and Grow Rich because uh, sometimes it does have some uh, good tips on um, how to it's not even just about like being rich, but getting into the mindset of, um, you know, creating the prosperity and abundance um, in your in in all areas of your life. Um, and it's 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 one another entrepreneurial classic that people go to from time to time so it's nothing really new i have like more of the 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 evergreen kind of books um although i do have on my list um what is it called marketing rebel by mark schaefer marketing rebellion so in the content marketing space that's also been on my list one of the things that book um, helps you be is be more human as a company and especially as a solopreneur sometimes you want to take on the guess the traits of the corporations that we might have worked for in the past but um, to bring the vulnerability and the human element back to it is what helps connect so I think that's the premise of that book that's another book that I'm not reading right now but it's on my list (laughs) awesome okay so I'll add all of those to the show note and then finally how can listeners get in touch with you Sure. Um, if you'd like to connect, you could definitely check me out on my website at laurirochino.com. It's um, L-O-R-I-R-O-C-H-I-N-O.com. Um, you could definitely email me, um, connect with me on social. Uh, I got a, a Facebook page, Instagram, um, Twitter. And you can also check out my podcast, Simply Design Life, which is um, 
the link there's a link to it on my website and it's also on apple podcast stitcher and um, many other media players if you're interested in getting into these powwow habits i do have this simply design life e-course um so it's basically a four-day kickstarter to zen like productive habits and it'll help you stress less have more calm in just five minutes a day um, with these really short actionable micro tasks and you'll receive the one email a day over the course of four days. And it'll just help you with your productivity, um, self-care, and personal growth. And again, all this information can be found on my website, LoriRochino.com. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Lori, for being on the show today. I really appreciate all of your insights about productivity and just getting to talk with you in general. Thanks, Monique. It was great being on your show. All right, you guys. Until next week, go out there and pimp your brilliance.